I'm coming in hot. I'm coming in hot. I'm coming in hot. I'm coming in hot. Welcome to On the Whistle. I'm your Jose Navi. Joining me today is none other than Rocky Balboa. Oh, sorry. No, it's not Rocky Balboa. It's the bald and beauty, the best under 45, over 45, I lose count. Player this side of the equator and a former winner of the PSL title in Manning Rangers, Courtney Fries. As always, so good to see you, my main man. Zane, it's fantastic to see you and especially our guest, Lawrence, today. But I just let you know, we lost our semifinal 4-1. Uh, we played against the heaviest men I've ever played against in my life. It was like playing against a front pack in a rugby team. They completely <laughs> beat us 4-1, ran us off the park. The lightest man was about 140 kilos. I think I got to give up. No, please don't give up just yet. We we, we got to come. We got to get a camera on and we're going to show them a masterclass of Courtney Freeze. You know, Trent Alexander, eat your heart up. No, uh, no, no. I'm playing centre midfield, Zane. I'm better. <laughs> well, Philippe Lam used to go there in between mixing it up at what's it right back. So I'm sure we can make it work for you. But as you alluded to, our other guest today, none other than Lawrence Kohler, award winning. Football journalist from South Africa, works for iDisky Times. Lawrence, thank you for joining us. It's always a pleasure to have you on the pod. Um, some might be getting confused. I'm in a Barcelona jersey. Old Rocco <laughs> over there is in his hoodie. What are you wearing? Chiefs, Pirates, uh, Sundowns? Uh, Al Jazeera, the pride of Abu Dhabi. Yay! <laughs> and come on, show us. Who gave you that jersey? Tell us the story behind okay, it. Good. It's, uh, I'll show you, I'll show you, I'll show you. Uh, can you see? Can you see? Can you see? We oh, can. It's very it's clearly, very clearly. It's the cream, the cream. Uh, yeah, Tulani Serrero. Um, as people know, you you'll never see an interview with him anywhere in any media space in South Africa, or whatever. Um, I went to his training ground, and he <laughs> said, even though I've traveled all the way from from South Africa, I'm still not giving you an interview, but I'll give you. A shirt. I was very pissed off. Uh, <laughs> but I, 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 I was like, I was like, this is very disrespectful. I, I'm not a fanboy yet. Trying to get a shirt, or you know, I'm yet to tell a story about a beautiful career, about you know, missing out for many opportunities. In my opinion, should be play with a hundred caps of Bafana Bafana, one of our best exports ever. Um, but yeah, I got over the the hurt. Uh, and I just took this way to, huh? Why? I, I don't know. Uh, Kamomo Kocho was very similar. Um, when I spoke to him, I had like literally an hour interview with him the other day. And he just said, that's, that's their personality. They don't want to be in the media. They don't take, uh, it's weird. I mean, you're a professional footballer. Some people thrive on, you know, that fame, celebrity mm. status, but others are just, it's my job, you know. So to yeah. to each their own, to each their own. I couldn't force him. I got so, Percy Tau there, so it, it was fine. Oh, Johnny Percy Tau, only Percy yeah, Tau. Humble Percy brag, Tau. humble brag. He's coming in hot. He's coming in hot. He's coming in hot. He's coming in hot. Listen, no, but I'm, 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 wait, I'm not. I'm not the bison with the six stud at Dagenham and Red Bridges. Uh, <laughs> 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 and we haven't even got the pod started. Listen, for those of you listening out there, today's pod is going to center and focus in on the CAF Champions League. We've had some phenomenal results at the weekend, which I'll run through in a minute. Um, and uh, we'll be having Lawrence share his expertise on that. 
are we going to see North African dominance once again? Or could there be some really good challenges from sub-Saharan Africa? We certainly hope so. Um, also, if you're listening out there, hit us up on social media, OTW underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Also, if you want to find us on YouTube or Facebook, just search for On the On the Whistle podcast. You'll find us, watch what we do, leave a comment, leave a rating, leave a review. We love hearing from you. But as I alluded to earlier, we had some cracking games in the first round of the CAF Champions League quarterfinals. We had a case where Simba edged the reigning champs we'd had 1-0 in Dar es Salaam. Last year's finalist Al-Akhli beat Roger Casablanca 2-0 in Cairo. The South African giant Sundowns had a storming 4-1 win over Belu's dad in Algiers in the aptly named Nelson Mandela Stadium. And finally, Esperance drew first blood in their match against Cavalier, winning 1-0. Lots to get into, lots to get into here, Lawrence. I'm going to hand the, the mic over to Courtney first, because I think where we'd like to start really is on Simba and their surprise mm. win over Widad. So, Lawrence, as you know, we had the game this weekend. Uh, Simba played with Dad, uh, ran out close 1-0 victory against the Tanzanian Giants. Uh, did you see this game as a uh, as a surprise result for Simba? Um, yes and no. Um, look, for me, let's start from Widad's you know, title win uh, last year. I, I think they overachieved under Walid Regragui. And uh, they didn't have the best transfer windows uh, in the off-season and in the in the, um, the January window. So I, I still don't think they are like, you know, the greatest, you know, squad on the continent at the moment. But they just have that sort of pedigree. Um, the other issue that I thought was about Widad, which um, I thought they would actually struggle to even get into the quarterfinals, um, was that they had two coaching changes since Rikwagi. They had Amuta, um, and they fired him for going to Qatar, unauthorized trip to Qatar. I don't know if they watched the World Cup or something, whatever. Um, and then they got a new coach in. So that little bit of instability probably affected the, you know, um, how can I say, the, the style of play um, and their fluency. Because as you can see, they they usually dominate the Botola Pro, but they second now, um, trailing as far by one point. So look, they might still win the title, but I've seen definitely seen some cracks in them. Um, and then Simba, on the other hand, are very dominant at home. It's probably one of the most hostile environments you can find in Africa at the moment, going to the Benjamin Makapa Stadium. Um, not only inside the field, but outside the field. It's, for lack of a better expression, it's like a jungle. Um, you feel like the intimidation, like driving into the stadium and things like that. Um, so I, I, I'm not surprised they won. Um but I think they probably would have wanted a, a bigger scoreline. Because in campaigns gone by, they they would win 3-0, 2-0, sometimes even 4-0, and then get whacked away 5-0 or 4-0. So they probably should have looked at that and taken taken more advantage of that. Um, I think in the group stages, the second last game, they won Oroya 7-0 at the same stadium. Um, but then the next game, they lost in Morocco to Raja. So it shows like what Simba is a dominant at home, but very bad travelers. So I think Widad will probably still be favorites to advance to the semifinals. 
but weirder things have happened. They do they do have a quality squad and the the number nine up top, Jean Baleke, ironically is on loan from TP Malzembe, who's been doing so poorly in Africa this season. Um, yeah, he's he's been banging in goals. I think maybe fifteen goals in the past nine games or something something incredible like that. So yeah, some uh, they're a good watch at the moment, and um, I, I would like to see them do better because they are regulars in the in the in the in the knockout stages over the past few seasons, and um, with the well, well, that's where where I wanted to come in, Lawrence. I mean, how important is it for Simba to do well to prevent this from just becoming a North African party at the elite end of the of the competition? Yeah, like look, it's it, it's very important because to just generate the interest um in the competition, uh like I mean, you know when we watch UEFA Champions League and we have Chelsea versus Liverpool final, it's almost like ugh, so boring. You know what I mean? Like uh, we see this in the Premier League. We we you like to see you know uh a Inter versus a Madrid or you know what I mean you you like that variety of two different countries and to see a uh, Wida, Raja, Al Ahli, these guys <clears throat> it kinda gets monotonous um for the rest of the continent. Obviously not for the north northern part of the continent. But if Samba you know do well in this competition they bring with a huge, huge, huge fanatical fan base. And that's good for the competition. More eyeballs means more sponsorship, means more money, which means more. It's it's like a chain. It's a chain effect. Um, and yeah, it, it it helps you know these clubs develop as well. I mean, if Simba can you know win the Champions League, they can attract better players. Overseas teams can attract um can 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 see their players, identify their players, and sign. They've never sold a player to Europe before. Can you believe it? So wow. it's that surprises it's, it's, me. Yeah, yeah, it's it's these types of things that um you know you want to happen so it can open the doors up for for Tanzanian football um and, and just dribble down more you know capital into the imagine them selling a player for mm. one million euro one million euros it will completely transform you know the the the, the next seasons and so forth so it is important that we see this progression but hopefully the um super league uh, which obviously is on the horizon next season or coming in august <laughs> august or, or december i'm not probably august because yeah no they said it either august or december i'm not too sure but yeah this is probably what was intended for these super clubs to be able to get a piece mm-hmm. of the pie generate a lot more revenue and trickle down into the rest of the domestic leagues for you know, future growth and success, not only in men's football, but women's football and the development aspect of um, a country. Perfect. You've set the scene beautifully on Simba. I feel like mm. we've spoken about Widad. We expect them to bounce back, potentially Simba, um, not good travellers, as you've outlined. But last year's champs, or not last year's champs, last year's finalists, Al mm-hmm. Ahly, the Egyptian Giants, they're keeping their record chase um, for an 11th record-extending title alive. They beat Raja Casablanca 2-0 in Cairo. Um, what do you think of Al Ali's prospects this season to wrestle the holy grail of African football back to Cairo? You're shaking your head already. 
Bronwyn Williams should have let Alilal score that penalty in Khartoum. End of story. Al-Akhli would have been out of the competition. Sanams would have gone to the final and been favourites. But now it's so set up. Like if Sundowns win, they face Widad or Simba, and we'll be waiting them in the final if they beat Widad or Simba. So yeah, if if you wanna if you wanna be the champion, you have to beat the best. They've beat Al Ahly home and away twice. Convincingly. <laughs> yeah, convincingly. They've thrashed him. But now you've got another two-legged tie, Cairo and Tuane. And you know it's these these guys. You're looking really worried now, and we're not even in the final. Nah, <laughs> oh, 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 all I'm saying is, it's like, it's like that Real Madrid versus Liverpool final all over again. Liverpool coming coming in hot, <laughs> best, best attacking team, Virgil in top form, Allison in top form. And yeah, 35-year-old Benzema comes there and he rips them. You know what I mean? So it's just like a football football heritage. The football heritage of Alahi is just like run so deep. They just feel like they are to a different um standard and requirement. Um where you know, Sandown say it's their goal, it's their dream. To win the Champions League. Well, Akhli is like, hey, you winning the Champions League, or you sacked, or you sold. <laughs> it's like there's no, there's no like, oh, it's a but, but wouldn't the That's... dream be now? I'm just going ahead here. Percy Tau scores the goal. No, it'll be so confusing for South Africans because they love Percy. Like, it was so funny at Loftus. You he, he walked out on the pitch, the Akhli team is running out, warming up. And yeah, boo, boo. And then they see Percy. Ah, Percy. <laughs> so and that's sundown supporters. And when he scored that goal, they even celebrated. So it's very confusing. <laughs> but at the same time, like half of the fan base will say, We will we hate Al Ahli. They're such bullies. They always win the competition. And the other half would be happy for Percy, like just to lift his first Champions League at, at the club. So sure. They as long as Al-Akhli are in the competition, they are always the favourites for the title, no no matter the situation. Well, it's interesting you say that because the Raja goalkeeper, Anas Initi, he still believes his team has a chance in the return leg. After the game, he said, we were just around the corner from scoring the first goal. Was he right? Yeah. Look, uh, it's debatable. Uh, Raja don't have the team. They don't have a proper number nine. They got the Kaba, who's joint top scorer, but like you need a different animal up front for the Champions League. I um, mean, if you don't have like you know your Percy Taos or your your very creative um, playmakers and things like that, and Raja's squad is just it's just not up to the standard, and it and it shows in their domestic competition. I think they're fourth. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of. I think there's like a more of a leadership crisis in the squad where previously we had the spine with like Raimi, they had Banun, all these guys left for you know the riches of the Gulf. Um, Banun actually went to Al Ahli before he we went to Qatar, so they're going through a little bit of a difficult period of of, of the club's history, financial difficulties. 
so it'll take a while um for them to to you know become that super club again they they, they need a serious financial injection somewhere somehow um so whatever they do now is just you know uh, they're, they're gonna take it but i don't think they have it in them to score three unanswered goals in casablanca even though it's it is difficult to to travel there. I think just Allah is just too strong for them. Lawrence, just talking about traveling, and you know it is, is difficult to travel in Africa, such a big continent. Um, Sundowns mm. left North Africa with Belouzi Dad, uh, a four-one win, a very good win away from home. The thing about the winner that I looked at because I watched the game was this, the the timing of Sundowns goals early on, just before half time just after halftime to really like put out the fire of any sort mm. of comeback and then right at the end. Um, what did you think <laughs> of the game? Do you think they got one foot in the semis? Yeah, definitely. Um, Belusda actually beat Sundowns 2-0 the last time they came to Loftus. But it was a dead rubber for Sundowns. Um, they had already qualified as group winners. They played um, a second string, uh, second string team, and I remember the goalkeeper who was the third choice goalkeeper at the time. He had a howler. He passed the ball to Amir Sayud, and and I think he he opened the scoring in like very early. So I don't think there will be that type of complacency coming, especially with the three, four away goals, and the three goal advantage. Um, yeah, I just think Sundowns are superior to them in, in every aspect, even though they are very, very good side. It just speaks to the quality of Sundowns then. Like Ronald Williams. Like I, you watch the game. You you could see what I mean when I say pound for pound, player for player, Sundowns were better than them in every department. And I think tactically, like Mukwena just ripped them apart. Um Tapelo Morena was a Right back played as a number nine next to Shalulile, if you if you if you saw in the game, mm. and that was just mainly for, uh, you know, like work rate, um, setting pressing trap, not letting them build up from the back. The goalkeeper was suffocated. The fullbacks were suffocated. The two holding midfielders didn't have time on the ball. Every time they turned around, the ball's gone. So, I mean, it was the perfect away performance. And um, I think if Sundowns can, you know, I, I think what, what what you get from Sundowns is when they're playing against a team that is, like, you know, quality, like Al-Ahli or Belizda that's dominating the league, they, they just rise up to the occasion because I think it's, it, 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 you know, it, it makes them hard, if for lack of a better phrase, after playing, you know, like, Teams that don't come up against them like that. You know, uh, I'm just going to segue here, and I hope you don't mind for that, because Lawrence mentioned something also about the travelling. Um, can you just give us a perspective of a team like Sundowns? What is the travel arrangements that allows them to put a performance like this together? Are they travelling uh, privately? Are they travelling... Um, what is the travel arrangements? Because for a team to go so far... And put a performance like this, is the elite travel arrangements for an elite team like Sundowns? Okay, so look, uh, they pay their school fees under the Pizza Musimani era of learning 
of the shenanigans of CAF, not having a training ground, coming there and then the grass is this high and, you know, like their passports disappearing, you know, the usual CAF stuff. So basically they have an advanced team. So while they're playing uh, Barocca uh, in a league fixture on Tuesday, their team of analysts and their logistical uh, manager, whatever you want to call it, is in Algeria or Sudan or whatever, and he's making sure that they have a training pitch, a hotel, a team bus, uh, the proper food, everything within. There's nothing can go wrong, right? Um, they probably wrote to the PSL to uh, postpone their midweek game against uh, Richard's right. play. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then they left on Monday. Yes. They left on Monday. And they arrived on Tuesday after 15 hours of travel. So they went to uh, Cairo and then to Algiers by Egypt. So it was about 15 hours of travel. They had uh, three training sessions and then a light session. So they were acclimatized. They were ready. Um, then they come back. Uh, they left on Sunday, arrived on Monday, and play a, a league game on Tuesday, and then two training sessions, and then the, the second leg game. So it's just experience where you see Marumo Galant <laughs> um, having people being used as collateral in Libya when they couldn't pay their hotel, getting stuck in transit in Turkey, their kids left in Turkey, players left in Turkey because there wasn't enough seats on the flight to get them to Libya. Yeah, the list, the list of that shit that, oh, it was it was People being left I had no words. <laughs> no, that, that, they, they couldn't pay the, the hotel bills. Yeah. It, it, it was the when the, the media officer was left there in Libya, so until the, the bills were paid, the government got him. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's wow. bad. It only happened in Africa. But listen, my, my next question comes from the concept. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've heard Leeds United under uh, Marcelo Bielsa, the term murder ball, where you have <laughs> just absolute high intensive play. Now, the question mm -hmm. comes from actually one of our hosts, Alistair Howarth, who asks about Rulani ball. Can you give us some perspective on this? Now, you touched on it a bit earlier, the right back playing up front for traps. Give mm. us the, an idea of uh, Rulani Ball. Okay, Rulani Ball, so he starts back at Platinum Stars, youth football. Obviously, he's got a very big influence from Pizzo and Micho. Um, but he actually had an interview um, in our paper last week where he spoke of his main sources of inspiration in coaching, which is Pep Guardiola. And in South Africa, they call him Pep Light. Um, he, he's not even hidden it. He's not even hidden it. Like, he imitates everything about Pep. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure many of you guys... Dress code as well. Dress code, mannerisms, the way he speaks, the things he says. What's his catalog like? <laughs> sometimes even the way he dresses um, and he, he has no shame about it That's um, what I'm saying. Sure. poor dress code poor dress code yeah 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 so, so, so listen it's like I'm sure you guys have read self-development books in your life before where you know they say like things like uh, you know if you imitate 
something you 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 know you following in, in their footsteps you do what they do you get what they get um so Pep Guardiola and Roberto Di Zebri is his ultimate influences and uh, inspirations in football um and if you take a close look at sundowns the couple of tweaks but the Deserbi aspect is is so evident where Ronwin Williams almost plays as like a libero or a sweeper or he's is like outside of the box and you've got your left fullback tucking in as a central midfielder your 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 new six being an extra center back and then it becomes like an asymmetric shape that just creates so many opportunities for these triangles and then these two midfielders are very fluid they're actually wingers the two midfielders they're so fluid they, they cross Tembazwane has a free role as a 10, and then you have Shalulile and Cassius Malula, Tapelo Morena, Domingo, Nasir. There's so many options, and the, the two front pairs, they just made for pressing and for scoring goals. So it's a very high risk, high reward um, uh, playing system that revolves on a lot of passing and moving. And moving the ball quickly. So basically they suck opponents in the press, move the ball quickly, and they three in through one goal. So yeah, if you if you had to compare it, it would be Brighton's coach. That's that is his, his his ultimate style of play that he's implementing at the moment, which is very impressive because it was it was something that they they just clicked, it just speaks to the quality of the players that they have. Zayn, I hope you don't mind me coming in here again uh, because um, I, I'm I'm not really a Pep Guardiola fan. I feel also he gets too much credit for what other people have done. Um, mm. I'll, I'll mention somebody, which a lot of people, because of our ages, we don't really fit in that category. But Brian Clough used to play that football. Mm. Playing the ball from the back playing the ball, putting people in different positions to be able to move. Viv Anderson, who was one of the best right-backs ever through England, through um, uh, Nottingham Forest. And you must remember, Nottingham Forest came from what we know as the Mutsepe League to get into the Premier League <laughs> and win it. And then go on to win the European Cup. With how many players? Yeah. 15 players in those days, playing 62 games. So, so, so there's hope for Cape Town Spurs, you say? There's hope for Cape Town Spurs. Believe in the concept, Sean Potter. Believe in the concept. But I was going to say, but my slight disagreement here is that Brian Clough doesn't get credit. No, I'm Are you saying, kidding me? <laughs> no, I'm saying, <laughs> like wait, 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 like you gotta you gotta explain that, you know. No, no, I'm saying, don't over don't overcredit Pip Guardiola like he's this founder Invented. of the method. He he produced it, he's this great coach that came up with this philosophy. He's not yeah, but, before. But, but 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 the thing is everybody and, and is inspired in Pip is inspired by Johan Cruyff. And Bielsa and whoever, so it's, it's it's a chain reaction. You know what I mean? Like everybody takes inspiration from from some yeah. some way or another. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know the Hungarians of the fifties, the mighty <laughs> Myanmar's, the whatever they were called. Yeah, they were probably Let's the pioneers Belgrade. of this before the Dutch <laughs> and 
you know, football, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, like we we build on the giants of of of, of what we stand on the shoulders of giants. And to, to be honest, to, Pip's a giant. To be honest, oh, a lot of uh, the North Africans have actually likened the Sundown Squad to the Brazil of the early nineties, or the late nineties and the early two thousands. Um, that style of play, which was if you go watch the old uh, two thousand and two mm. nineteen ninety eight World Cup. It was that diamond midfield with the two strikers up top. The thinking of Adriano and Arna is just giving me. Because <laughs> they're always coming in hot, coming in hot, coming in hot. <laughs> and, 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 and this is why I have to ask the question. Somebody who's been absolutely on fire for sundowns, mm. And has looked like uh, just this like chief destroyer is Peter Shalulile up front. He's been brilliant. He had two goals at the weekend. He had an assist. He's not only doing it for club, he's been performing well for Namibia. They are hoping to qualify for the AFCON uh, <clears throat> next year. What is it that has made him so deadly at Sundowns? And why has his game seemingly gone up a notch? I don't know if you guys know this, if you've spoken to other people, but Peter Shalulile came to South Africa having played one season as a striker. He was a left-back. And you know when you're right-footed and you're playing left-back, what does mm -hmm. that tell you? You are the worst player in our squad. So you go, <laughs> at a, you go, you go, you go get left-back, bro. Oh, the you only go, one that they can find. <laughs> You've got, you've, got, you've got a lot of heart. You've got a lot of heart. Play left back. You know what I mean? So they, and then I think it was Ricardo Monetti, if I'm not mistaken. You should probably get this guy on the pod then. He converted him into a winger and then into a striker. And he told me, he was so like obsessed, like I'm a striker now. And he went to YouTube and he watched all the best strikers in the world. <laughs> and he tried to imitate certain things that they did. He said he watched Slatan, he watched Ronaldo, he watched, you know, Drogba. And he literally went and he practiced those things. Like, these are the good things that a center forward does. And everything else was hard work since then. You know, Highlands Park, Golden Boot, Sundowns, Golden Boot, Golden Boot, Golden Boot. And the funny thing about him is you look at him and you're like, this guy's not, I don't even have a first touch. Like, he doesn't have a... He, but he just knows where the net is. And it's so instinctive. And, I mean, like, many of the Sundown scouts have been told, yeah, you need to find the next Peter. You, you don't find the next Peter. It's like he's, he's the one in the million. Not the most talented players, but he, he just... It, anticipation, work rate, training harder than everyone else. And the funny thing is, when everybody says, you know, Shalulide is overrated, he's finished, boom, he scores two goals in the Champions League, or scores the hat-trick in the PSL. That's the, that's the mentality that he has. Um, and the funny thing is, like, when I spoke to him at the Namibia camp, like, two, two, three weeks ago, he said he was so grateful to have gotten that sports hernia injury because he could have rest, he could rest now. He said it was a blessing in disguise that when he came back from his injury, he was so fresh and ready. And he said he, he just wants to suffer, suffer as much as possible to win this Champions League, his first Champions League. And he's hoping that that can, you know, be the catalyst for, you know, 
getting that you know dream move to to Europe. Um, and obviously the AFCON will definitely be a bonus, a second AFCON with Namibia for himself. But yeah, he's just, he's just a phenomenal player. And he's, he's a very good human being, a model pro. Um, his teammates hate him though. He's an international teammates. Why is that? Uh, they, say, they say he's very boring. He's, he, he, he comes, he comes, he prays, he goes to sleep early. <laughs> The gents, the gents are looking for uh, looking for people to come in hot. <laughs> they, he's bagging they, in the goals. He's hot. They, yeah, no, they they they're looking for you know you want camp for long. You wanna maybe have a sundown at the pool. No, no, not, not Peter Shalouli there. Peter Shalouli there. <laughs> yes, he's, he's, he's gonna sleep early. He's the, he's he's the Courtney Freeze of Manning Rangers. Then no, nah, he's, he's he's gonna sleep early. He's gonna wake up early. He's gonna train. When you go waking up for breakfast, that guy's already had his first training session. In, you know whether he's running, jumping, I don't know. He's just he's just a machine. Mm. Well, it's, it's impressive to hear that type of thing, Lawrence, because it just shows you how the game has moved on from where I know it to be and how professional players are. Because obviously, their machines are their bodies. Mm. And, you know, as you said, his first touch isn't great. Absolutely. I believe he's similar to someone like who I think is possibly one of the worst footballers I've ever seen, uh, Filippo Inzaghi, but just got bags of goals everywhere he went. Uh, he couldn't trap a bag of cement, but mm. my goodness, could he finish? Um, and Shalulele has also got a fantastic turn of, of pace as well, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. He's got a formula that's working for him. Definitely. Yeah, clean living. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just the rep repetition as well. Um, after he's done training, uh, he will work with certain coaches. You'll, you know, like I remember when I was speaking before we started the pod about like you know sitting with an analyst and saying, "Where do I improve? How do I improve?" He does that, and then he will get him a personal trainer to go shoot. Like outside of like, they kick him out of the training ground, and then he goes finds another training ground to go shoot more. So he's that he's just very very hungry, and I think it's part of that. You know, there's certain formula and ingredients that just create something special, and you know, coming from you know somewhere in Namibia, football league is dire there, professional football non-existent, and then you know, getting that opportunity to to showcase like what, what I can do, I think he's just, you know, grabbed it with both hands and said, you know, I've only got one one career. I've got maybe five years left in me now, six years left in me now. Let me let me push myself to the complete limit. And there probably isn't many players like that in in Africa or in South Africa in Africa as, as as a whole that has that, you know, sort of mentality. Honestly, he might be a boring dude, but I would love to get him on this pod just to get more insight and to hear from him. And honestly, we're, we're hoping that he does well in the Champions League. And I've, I've got to go deep. that celebration, Zain. The celebration makes yeah. me... Every time I watch it, I think to myself, if I'm the coach... Why don't you reenact it for us right now, Courtney? Reenact it for us. Just, uh, no, Webby, you know it's that like sort of like that triple jump striding. I think he's going to tear a quad. <laughs> you know? Don't do that. Well, listen. Springbok. Yeah, well, <laughs> there you go. Well, you like your rugby, Courtney. Oh, man. Yeah, well, but listen, Lawrence, talking about uh, 
cup competitions. We're looking at cap- just just before we just before we get to the confederation. I do have one question, Courtney. So sorry. Um, on uh, the Esperance and uh, oh yes, yes, Cavalier game. Um, again, we'll just do one question on this before we go to the Confederation Cup and wrap this pot up. Um, and we had certainly had a case where Tunisia's Esperance drew first blood against Algeria's Cavalier, um, winning one 0 um, to earn uh, a precious first leg advantage. What do you expect from this North African tie? Yeah, Esperance is gonna walk walk through to to the to the semifinals. Um Tapili is I don't know what's going on with him. They fighting relegation. It's like Manchester United fighting relegation in the Premier League. It's it's unheard of. Um and I, I honestly don't know what's going on there at the moment. Um but they did put up a decent performance in front of their home crowd. I think Esperance scored with the only shot at goal. Or the only shot on target, um. But yeah, in Indonesia, it's 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 gonna be a different beast, and um, they've also got pedigree. Um, if you put the Widad, Esperance, Al Ahli, Titi Mazembe, maybe five, six, seven years ago, these are the, the guys you would always expect in the semifinals. Um, so yeah, they they're up there, but I I, I think they're lacking uh, also a a proper goal scorer this season. So I think um, semi-finals is probably where they where they they run ends. They will probably beat Alakhli. I jumped the gun a few minutes ago with the CAF Confederations Cup conversation. I'm just too excited <laughs> because while talking to you guys, Dylan Kerr is texting me on the right hand side. Yeah, <laughs> when are you going to get you back on the podcast? When are you going to get me back? <laughs> Listen, I, I can't understand Marumo Gallants at the moment. Put up a fantastic performance in the second half against Pyramids. Non-existent in the first half. Could have won, as mm. you said a bit earlier, uh, mm. more goals. How do you understand this form? Struggling in the Premier League, going far in the CAF Confederations. Explain it. If you can. I don't know. I, I was literally speaking to someone this afternoon and I was like, we need to figure out what Muti they're using. Like, they got a new Muti uh, dealer like midway through the season. Maybe Dylan got something there now, during now, his Muti travels. for obviously international listeners <laughs> is a term for medicine or um, black magic. Black magic or juju or whatever you'd like to call mm. it for those who are tribal stimulus. You know, yeah, what is and the shaman or the witch doctor providing you with? We 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 all know that Dylan uh was a trailblazer through East Africa where the multi is the strongest. <laughs> so we will never know. But yeah, it's been <clears throat> I think one of one of one of the key aspects is when Dylan came in there, the team almost, they were so down and out. They were playing well, but not getting results. And obviously, of the chain of defeats and not winning, you, your, your morale is completely shattered. Now, one of Dylan's greatest assets is obviously he's able to motivate people. He's a, he's a funny guy. He, he makes you feel like you're part of a family, you're a tight-knit bunch, that type of thing. And I think that's all that was needed, um, you know, putting the tactical aspects aside of 
you know, the revolutionary 442. Um, but <laughs> but uh, the thing is, if you look at Galan's If it works, team, don't knock it. <laughs> now, yeah, if, if you look at Galan's team, it's literally a team of rejects and misfits from, like, their top striker, Ranga, like an example. He was a free agent when the season started. Not a single team wanted him in the top flight. He hardly ever played when he was at Baraka. The only time he had a good season was in, it was four years ago at Ubuntu, Ubuntu Cape Town in the second division, and he scored about 11 goals. He went abroad two, two years ago. COVID happened. Um, in Kosovo, he only played five games. He came back. And then everybody was like, no, this guy is he's done. He's useless. You know what I mean? He went on trial at Galantz at the start of the season. He said, okay, we'll, we'll give him a shot. And now the whole continent wants him now because he's banging in goals left, right, and center. And the rest of the team is the same. Tsepo Gumede, uh, Mohomi, these are all guys that people said they finished. They must go play. Uh, they must go play in Kosais uh, or uh, Kathy football, they finish, you know what I mean? So these guys are so hungry to prove themselves, to put bread on the table, literally, to have a salary at the end, that they, they, they tapped into that level of motivation to say, you know, guys, this is your chance to prove yourself, to get better contracts here or elsewhere and things like that. And if you had to watch that game in Pyramids, um, then the right back in particular was coming up against Ramadan Sobi, who is one of the best players on the continent, one of the most talented players. He's a 34-year-old right back that probably mm, 80% of PSL audience probably wouldn't even know his name. That's how unknown some of those players are. And he didn't give that guy a sniff. It was probably one of the best you know, individual defensive performances I've seen in a very, very long time. You know, when somebody was just like, you, you, every single time he tackled him and, and he got the ball away, you know what I mean? And that was the, the danger man for Pyramids. So it was that type of character and quality that's just like, wow. It's like, it's, it's amazing. They're playing for each other. They're playing their hearts out. And um, through this CAF run, I think they wouldn't have improved their form in the league because they managed to get a couple of positive results, built momentum, and now they're just playing on instinct. There's not even training happening. It's just boom, game, travel, boom, game, travel, boom, game, travel, boom, game. No thinking about anything else. And when you start getting positive results, it's, it's, it's kinds of snowballs. So um, I think about four or five weeks ago, they were dead last, I think, seven points from safety. But we watched them beat USMA which is one of the biggest teams in Algeria, we were like, now this team was never going to go down. If they know what they can do against USMA, then they will have that confidence to say we can survive. And it's exactly what's happening. You're getting positive results now. And it's it's very, very... I think it's one of the stories of the season. I still worry for them. They are just outside the relegation zone, two points adrift of Chipper United and Swallows at the moment. Uh, Swallows Swallows and Maritzburg in two of their last three games. Ooh. 
and Sundowns. Sundowns get rubber. I hope my hometown team don't go down, Lawrence. I really hope. I'm, 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 I'm. I'll be in Dobsonville on Thursday. Big, 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 big game. Maritzburg versus Swallows. Massive game. My gosh! But there we go. It's big at the bottom. It's big at the top. <laughs> I tell you, I just, I just feel, I feel that, I feel Swallows are going to be drawn into it. Uh, I think Chippy United and Marisburg have are, are, are there. But if there is someone gets a good result, it's so tight at the bottom. It's almost it's more exciting than the top. Amazulu, who beat Chiefs a few weeks ago, four one. They just outside the relegation zone. They 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 only one point ahead of Gallants. And let me just check here. Their final left. four. Their final left. four. Yeah, their final four games: Kukune, Sundowns, Golden Arrows, and Pirates. And they can't buy a win at the moment. So no points. But let's no not get in there. No points. No. Let, let, let's 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 then uh, give us another bry next week for this. Thrilling relegation thing. Love <laughs> well, listen, Lawrence, if you're around next week, we want to chop it up around the um, the Cav Champions League. You're more than welcome to come back uh, around those ties as we look to the semis. Um, always a pleasure having you on. For those listening out there, could you remind them where they find you on Facebook, Twitter, all those platforms you give your analysis, expertise, and perspective? Uh, yeah, it's just my name, Lorenz, L-O-R-E-N-Z. Kola, K-O-H-L-E-R on Facebook, Twitter, it's Lorenz underscore K-O. And uh, TikTok, the same. YouTube, the same. And yeah, that's the only platforms that I use at the moment. The man from iDisky Times, dominating <laughs> on all fronts. Thank you for coming <laughs> on the pod. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Uh, next week, we hope to see you, if you're here, in a different football jersey given to you by a different player. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe something, maybe something vintage or retro from Manning Rangers, if you can do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not that. I'm not that old. I think the old... I, I think the oldest... You don't remember Cape, the original Cape Town Spurs? No, I've got the oldest jersey I own is the 99 uh, United, the sharp, sharp jersey with the zip. The oh. zip and the, the collar. Yeah, I was still in primary school. But the, obviously, the others were like broken and stuff and thrown away. That's the only one that I had. 96 Bafana. But my, 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 my favorite one that I have in the cupboard is probably other people would say it's ugly, but I found the beauty in it. It was the 2009 Confederation Cup uh, Bafana jersey. Yeah. The one the one with the, with the three quarter. Remember the three quarter? Um. Lutsuliniane, Tekomodise, Gihachwe. I'm playing with your one, Zane. I'm not going to lie to you, Zane. I can't believe you got it. I can't believe you got it. I don't know. Someone must have given it. 90 Bafana jersey. Original or did you get it from, 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 you know, these new guys? Kappa. (laughs) Was Kappa? Yes, Kappa. Yeah, yeah, it's Kappa. Uh, um, Got it from them. For free. Because I was an influencer before my time. Oh, please. Hey, <laughs> I was Instagramming before there was Instagram. But the funny mm. thing is, somebody said to me, you got that in 96. How does that still fit you now? <laughs> <laughs> Tell them, because in the back of the day, there wasn't tight fit 
it wasn't tight fitted. Skirts. It was they were they were all throwbacks. They were like basketball jerseys, <laughs> and with with, with the tuck in with that with that uh, with that uh, jump rope for in the in the shorts. Yeah, see the man knows, and 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 you know I'm taking it back now. 2014 World Cup, mm. Germany win. I've been working out there, and we're walking on the Copacabana in the early hours of the morning, and German fans are excited and. Argentinian fans are excited. No, they're not. Um, and Brazil fans are excited because they hate Argentina. But <laughs> people try to swap Brazil and other football jerseys for my Bafana one. And I'm like, nah, I'm keeping this one. I'm keeping this one. Is say shoes mache you at the back? Well, actually, <laughs> she was a doctor, <laughs> but it says nothing. Um, but, but, but listen, I want to say the funny thing is, wait, before go I go, I can't fathom that there was an era where we had to tie our football socks with that rope as well. Like, can you, can you, can you, Courtney, can you even believe that there was a time you had to tie your football socks with, <laughs> with that rope? Listen here, Lawrence. Uh, you know, I can remember an era where we used to rub on our ties rake fluid. <laughs> because, you know, there was a time we, to, to get the shine like the David Nyati ties, you know, get the <laughs> Going ties, we used to know yeah. that we want the shine, and we used to put <laughs> fluid, great fluid. Listen to that, I'm telling you, rub it in the thighs to get the shine like David Nyaten shoes and doctor. Yet they're using Vaseline. Where we got brake fluid from, gentlemen. Let me leave you to go shine up your thighs. Um, <laughs> chop it up next Monday, talking some Cap Champions League. Lawrence, always a pleasure, never a chore. Lovely to see you, Lawrence. Courtney, Lovely. Rocco, Freeze, thank you for being here as always. Care, delivering from all our Peter Shalulile, hardworking, delivers in the box, does the video analysis. Analysis, sorry. Um, we've loved this pod. And remember, we were coming in hot. 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 <laughs>